Hello, listeners. Very special first ever outdoor episode of Escape from Planet. We're right by a campfire, so this is unprecedented. I'm your host, Chris, here with Teen, Jong, and Adam. What's up, fellas? Hey, what's up? Just imagine there's on? like, you know, you're you're just sitting here with us, like in the fifth seat on this rock. Yes. Checking and out this fire. The reason we're doing this, we are out in the Catskills on a camping weekend. We just had a big bowl of purechiga, which is very satisfying. Under a green tarp. Under a green tarp. And yeah, we just had a really good weekend. And we want to share it with you with this special episode, which... To be honest, we don't even know what we're going to talk about at this moment, I think. But we will <laughs> go along with it. Um, I think, before we start, we have to tell all our listeners about the greatest puke in puking history. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Night. Okay. Yeah, why don't, you, why don't you tell us a little about how you got there? Um, well, so we got up to the campsite. And we're setting up the tents, setting up the tarp. The tarp was an excellent choice, team, by the way. And I had bought, I think, a 12-pack of Goose Island IPA and a 24-pack of Stella. So we started the drinking early. And a six-pack of soju. So we started drinking, smoking. I think it was a, uh, smoking weed that really put yeah. you over the edge, in my opinion. Because well, we all know what it's like it, to smoke and drink at the same time. Everybody's always blaming the weed. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it, it messes with I your, like, it's a mix. It messes with your sense of balance, so you feel dizzy. Like your stomach a chemistry bit. or something. Yeah. But we got deep into the night, and then I had one more shot of soju. With me. With teen. Yeah. So I'm not blaming teen, but I chose to get have it, and that <clears> was it. The weed. I was Enabler, done. Yeah. I was, uh, my stomach was hurting. I tried to fight it off. You know, I tried to not have to yak. Did a little praying. I did a little praying, but then I was like, no, I had to. And it was epic. This was one of the longest, loudest volume. <laughs> it was like both, both sound and content. He broke quiet hours for sure. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I definitely did. <laughs> it was like the last scene in The Exorcist. That's right. You know? Just projectile. Yeah. I'd never heard a sound like that before in my <laughs> life. I was telling you guys while you were puking that our brains are like synthesizers. You know, we all have recorded sounds that we can sample and all that. That was a new file for my brain. It was like... I'm I'm glad it was to, like, to be of service. It was like you puked, then another little mouth came out and puked even more. <laughs> like the xenomorph in Alien. It was... It was definitely and reptilian. As I was doing it, it's cold blooded. I'm sort of I'm I'm uh, like leaned over, so I'm like balancing, but I'm like I'm rocking back and forth. I was afraid you fall into your own puke. Yeah, so I was like, don't do a header right <laughs> and, into this. And I don't think you brought enough clothes to Dude, change out of um, that. And as I was yakking, like my guts out, teen, <laughs> teen and Chris are just cackling <laughs> it away. Dude, I couldn't stop laughing. Well, man. I was happy because because uh, uh, you know three of us were by the fire. You had kind of just like. Moseyed on over to the and, picnic table. And you were kind of like talking to yourself because I think you were struggling trying to keep it down for like an yeah, hour. I was praying. And at a point, I asked John, like, is he on the phone? Because you looked like you were in distress. And I thought something I bad was had happened. <laughs> no, I knew what it was somebody yeah. See, I walked, you loved or something. Uh, so when I found out you were just sick from smoking and drinking too much, I was very yeah. relieved. I walked over to him and because I, I was I was high shit. I was like feeling like a shaman. <laughs> and I walked over to him you and I just... guided him? Yeah, I put my... Yeah, guided him. I, I was trip sitting him and I put my hand on his back and I was like, yo, dude, my advice to you is... Oh, it's like a ayahuasca throw, ceremony. Yeah, I was like, just throw it up and you're going to feel much better. And, and I did. But, yeah. you know, because you just... Even though you know, and like I'm experienced enough yeah. that I know that if I if I boot, um, I'll feel better. But throwing up is never pleasant. So you just fight it. But yeah. the alternative is feeling how you must have felt. It's yeah. a relief. Yeah, because what happened was right after that, you went to sleep. And then I, was out like I don't think you woke up for another 12 hours, man. Probably. It was like midnight. Yeah. Or earlier. It was like 11. Yeah, yeah. it was earlier. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So <laughs> epic. Really fun. Um, memorable. Memorable. A new sound file for Chris's <laughs> <Yeah>. database. <laughs> Next morning, we're all looking for the alien baby that he gave birth that's to. Right, us. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it skittered away into the woods. There were more high frequency notes to it than I expected. It was like this. It was like he'd go like, <laughs> you know, like in uh, the Mario games where you can double jump. Yeah. It felt like that. You got yeah. to a level, then you went to another level. 
Oh, dude. I, dude, I was laughing so hard. I thought I was going to yak. There was a moment where I was like, dude, you got to stop laughing. I'm going to yak myself. Well, and I've learned that I think the word yak is my favorite word for throwing up. Yeah. You learned that? Well, I... I don't know if I've ever really used it that much. And then we started using it. And I'm like, that's a perfect word for it. That's what it feels uh, like. Yeah. Yak. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I was, feeling, anyway, I was feeling a bit afraid for John in case you puked in the tent. Uh, that would not have been pleasant. It out, man. It was but, done. Uh, it was, empty, it was man. gone. I was yeah. empty. And, it would have been dry all, heaves of anything, but I was good. Best of all, this morning, I could not find your puke patch. It must have gotten absorbed by the soil. Yeah. You probably killed a lot of plants there, but, um, <sighs> you know, cycle of life. Yeah. Circle of life. <laughs> All right. Uh, things we want to talk about. I. I mean, I kind of joked we were playing some uh, kill, kill, fuck, marry, but obviously we're not gonna do that here. Do that. We'll get canceled. <laughs> no, uh, we never played it in the first place. Yeah. That, yeah. I was Officially. lying. Listeners, I was lying. Um. <laughs> All right. I, maybe we can start off. I mean, we haven't been looking. The good thing is we are quite out of touch with what's been happening in the world. I guess the last day and a half. So we don't really know what's going on but i did read an article today you know i was on twitter it was about it was from buzzfeed news about this guy some 26 year old dude who got lang limb thing limb lengthening surgery for Damn. 75 grand to go from 5.7 to 5.10 and actually on the ride up here we were talking about this article that came out on vice written by the same woman who broke the uh, aziz ansari story on babe.net several years ago oh really it just so happened same to woman? be yeah, yeah crazy yeah it was all about that brazilian uh butt lift surgery and so it was strangely enough a weekend of extreme cosmetic procedures and we were just going like what the hell is wrong with these people because i mean the with, with the with the ass surgery thing it's like the recovery times up to a year what a year up six months to a year and they have to go to like a facility where because they can barely move so Damn. you know they, the rehab is very Intense. Brutal, and yeah. it apparently has the highest fatality rate of any surgery, not just cosmetic, just any surgery. So um, I, I think it's because a lot of like very unethical doctors are performing and not qualified and, and all so that. So what, what's any the motivation surgery. for the... Yeah, that's what I read. What's like, the motivation for the surgery? Just to get a bigger... Just, just to get, butt? I think, these what they think are aspirational figures. They, aspirational? they see on social media. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and... Yeah, the, the sad thing was that one of the women they interviewed, like she is, you would think, oh, they're desperate, they're like, you know, having bad luck in dating, but this, one of the people, one of the women, they, she had like a, you know, committed partner who liked her the way she was, but she was doing it, and this guy, you know, in this BuzzFeed piece, you know, like, five seven is like short, but it's not, like, freak short. It's normal. Yeah, it's a normal range. You would but, stand out, I don't think. Yeah, but he was going on about It doesn't how cause people distress to the... Beyond, like, the we'll somewhat shorter catches. end of av the, the average range, like, people I know, it doesn't cause them distress. No. I mean, it caused this dude. Some yeah, this dude did. I mean, yeah, he was talking about how he would, he would cry every day. I'm get my jacket. And, <clears throat> um... What happened to Larry? It, it seemed like it was more... He had other issues going on, and he thinks this is the way to make his life perfect. And it's guarantee you, if you're having problems like that, you know, just getting three inches taller is not going to solve everything. And it just seems like this is what happens when you just feel like you're being just squeezed out of any sense of community or relevance or importance in society because you're just one of a bunch of faceless people and there's no real prospects for you to look up to so you just you you want to focus on a problem you can solve and that's physical that's easy to quantify and like once i figure this out everything is going to improve i think i think part, so here's the thing there are parts of the world where your prospects are even worse than here. Let's let let's yes, not true. go too overboard in terms of how bad it is in the U.S. Like, still, relatively speaking, this is um, a good place to grow up, right? Um, in terms of that, so I don't think it's totally just they don't have prospects. Like, part of me thinks like these kids just ain't being raised right. And if you don't have the parents or elders like guiding them, they're going to be guided by media. And these days, it's social media. That's all they have to teach them. Like, I think adults overestimate young people. They got to have someone guide them. And if you're being guided by social media, you're just going to get led in awful places, I think. 
Yeah, I so. don't think it's it's just about the prospects. I think it's this like continued messaging of like how narrow that line is and if you fall off at any point your your life is over right nothing but the first second place isn't good enough third place isn't good enough just being able to afford your own own place at some point isn't good enough you have to have the best you have to be at the absolute top and the thinking there is is like i don't know is is defeated defeatist might not be the one like um like an over exaggeration of how much one's physical appearance plays a role yes it plays a role but these people i think often think oh if i had a better version of myself one way or another and i had to compete against that version that version could do everything i could do yeah but more and therefore i will never win what i'm saying i agree with with that without it what i'm saying is that the um i think they're learning this from it's not just social media because i think like and as we know doing this you realize it kind of like um, feeds on itself. It's like a feedback mechanism. Yeah. And it finds its way into mass media, right? So it's like this feedback loop where social media is determining what you see in mass media and then it comes back around again. Right. Like it creates and, a story. Yeah, which and it's then... all shit. It's so yeah. bad. Like this, the lessons, if... if Do you ever remember the movie uh, Cable Guy? It was just about a guy mm-hmm. who got raised entirely by Aren't television. TV, yeah. It's really good. Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah. Jim Carrey. And he and Matthew Broderick. Oh, I thought it was about him just installing cable. No, no but he, he is. He is. That's what yeah. he does for a living. The, but, but that's the back. That's backstory. just the backstory. Right. Okay. But it's about a, 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 a. He was since he was a kid, his mother just like totally was too busy for him. Oh. And so he just watched yeah, yeah, television. Yeah. He was okay. entirely raised on television, so he knows everything about TV. But it didn't. I think it's like that. Okay, fine. But then on top of that, there's this like continuously degenerating culture that's caught in a really bad feedback loop Mm -hmm. and if you look at the behavior of like young people to me you can start seeing the effects of it it's not good in my opinion Hmm. i don't know that's kind of bleak but that's just what i see honestly it's mm -hmm. yeah i don't disagree with that and the parents are just too busy or something you know they're just they just don't have or maybe shit i mean like a lot of these parents are younger than me. Maybe they were kind of raised similarly, you know, where it was already kind of doing this to people. They just don't have, it's like, I don't, when I say they, I don't know who I'm talking about, but like, if you were to follow the culture, it doesn't teach you about like long-term things. It's all just short-term, you know, immediate. It's always like, oh, you know, like I'm caught in this, their their problems are very of the moment, like sitcom style problems. Yeah that has an immediate solution right. and then you resolve the problem you know thing it's it it's like 50 honestly like given all ads and shit these these shows add up to like 22 minutes or whatever yeah i mean you know there's no like long-term storytelling it's like I, I, short yeah i don't think it's for a lack of of understanding the long-term views or or knowing about them i think like yeah like you said it's a culture thing or maybe even a cultural value right in that we prioritize as a culture as a society we prioritize short-term thinking like we may not say that but all of our behavior points I, to that i think it's a matter of like and we applaud not, it but i think it's a it's not that we want that it's that we don't have any adults taking responsibility no no for it. i think it just pe- becomes that no i think people have made the choice and we continually over and over again in society see people making decisions based on the short-term benefit even though it's obvious yeah in terms of like our government policies and current in terms of our foreign policy, probably even, you know, I, but people I'm not, want better than that. People want better, but I'm saying that as a society, we continue to make those short term choices. And I think at the end of the day, that's a much stronger, you know, we could have all the parents or whatever saying think long term, but when everyone's making the short term decision, yeah. it's, it's a little well, bit game theory here, right? Well, like, it's also hard to like know what that even looks like. <laughs> if all you've seen are the short-term decisions or like, like if you, if you come from a family that didn't, you know, there wasn't the best relationship and you're looking for something better, you don't, you haven't personally experienced it. So you don't know necessarily what to look for, um, in like a better sort of relationship. That's not what I mean though. It's like every, like, wait, okay. We talk about making the analogy that like with society, as you said, we continue to make these short-term decisions Uh and then, we, but Tim was saying people want better. I think that's true. Yeah. But you don't. We don't necessarily even know society what that better would look like. Yeah. Where would it start? Like what? What would be different? 
And so I think that I would just make the analogy. But there are like, smart, mature people. In there are, yeah. But so they're not. They're not doing it. <laughs> how much you just of, don't see that. How much of this is because uh, there's like this extreme of one being ext- very condescending to young people. We we saw this with you know all the anti-millennial kind of uh, slogans and memes that came started coming out. Let's say ten-ish years ago. So there's that form of just dismissive attitude which i think i mean we've seen a lot of uh articles come out in just the past week about why you know joe biden is doing so badly among young voters and i think that's one symptom of it there's this well you have like the oldest president in history surrounded by a lot of other old people a party that is pretty much uh monopolized by like 70 plus year olds so you have that yet on the other hand there is this undue deference to not just exactly young immature people but that young immature mindset where you see a lot of people kind of act like teens uh, all all over society. Mm. So I just wonder if that plays a part because, yeah, on, on one hand, they're pushing you away by talking down to you, like the older people. But on the other hand, they're not... Sometimes, like, young people, they need kind of like a, a, like a steady guiding hand that may be sort of a jerk parent in a way, but years later, you know, a lot of them end up thanking them. It's like, we, it's like the worst of both worlds. Are we talking about like uh, the parent trying to be your friend friend syndrome, yeah, but so like on a, that, on a national scale? Yeah, there's that <laughs> maybe on a personal level, and, but then in a societal level, there's this constant condescension. Uh-huh. So there's no guidance well, yeah, coming like from anywhere. Don't, don't eat avocado toast as much. Yeah, that, 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 that kind of shit. House, yeah. right? But also like Biden purposely went out to like let these TikTok influencers and other like Instagram influencers and give them like a whole day in like the halls of Congress and in the White House. But that was like tokenism. Yeah, like, I yeah, know. Uh, but I'm just uh, saying there like Olivia there Rodrigo to help try to get convince people to get vaccinated. But right. But there could there would have there was an opportunity if you wanted to do something like that to find better young people to like you know use an ex- as as an example. Yeah, but his whole campaign, the theme of it was. You know, shut the hell up. You know, just for accept me. I'm not me. I am inevitable. That was like his whole campaign. And when <laughs> you start from that, yeah, you have no credibility. That's not winning you, friends. I don't know. I mean, part part of me now thinks is like, what is the point of going into this? Because it's like, okay, so if you diagnose the problem, can you solve it? Because I don't think you can. See, that's a scary thing. It's like. There's a lot of things that are going on where, like, even if you fully understood what was going on, I'm not sure you can reverse it. So No. And then the next conclusion is like, okay, well, then you do what you can for yourself, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. And then yeah. one of the conclusions would be, okay, well, then, like, you apply that long-term thinking, and in the long run, you'll be better for it. I that's, think, that's typically I think you have to take right? it more, honestly. I think... <sighs> interesting. I think you have to take a more like almost pers- like egocentric view of things in a weird way. I know it's weird to say like we should do be more egocentric. Uh-huh. <laughs> when we're just saying we're all about individualism <laughs> in America. Well, I, I, you know, weird thing is separate? like we hate talking about communalism and socialism and stuff. But like people are, this culture war stuff is this belief that we should have some sort of single culture. Yeah. yeah. So why do we believe that? I mean, I thought the whole point of America was like pluralism and, you know, tolerance and, you know, not everyone believes the same thing. But now there's this fucking battle for everyone to think the same way about everything. It's uh, weird. I don't get it. Do you, I mean, some of it, I think that has to do with the fact that so, certain, um, I guess you could say political disagreements, right, result in violence. Can Can lead to violence, right? Like, we're talking about protected classes a lot of that came about because there was violence and you know look whatever it is honestly i don't really care anymore i just know that's what it is and i think the solution i don't know what the solution is but that's the situation that we're in i'm saying that if there's a drive to make the entire nation stick to a one particular yeah opinion i think that's usually where it arises from like like nobody can be racist in this country yeah we need to stamp out racism and then and then I think that spills over into, 
uh, other topics. Yeah. Right, or just me, generally promotes that kind of approach. Uh, oh, let me on. ask you guys this because there, you know, with this drive to try to create a more unified culture, like like a monoculture, something culture. like that. Like in your personal lives, do you find it easy to be friends with people who don't share your political or cultural beliefs? Um. Yes. Yeah. 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 So sure. do I. Like I. Hard now. Yeah. I. I Sometime in the past year, I had a friend who essentially came out to me uh, as a Republican. And he did it like he would <laughs> maybe uh, coming out as gay. And he honestly thought that I might end the friendship because of that. And I was just like... So I wouldn't I, give a shit. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, I'm thinking about voting for Trump. <laughs> I, I, think, I think that's one of the... I don't know if I'll go that far. I think that's one of the dumbest reasons to end the friendship with someone over yeah, I mean, if, if you're just like a, a republican that's fine but if you were if he came out and be like you know i believe that you know white people are superior or something then maybe yeah. that but if it's just sort of like i don't i want low taxes and i love capitalism i'm like all right dude not a big deal about that trump thing i'll tell you what i, f- I think i just realized this that if i really believed that trump would de-escalate the war in ukraine I would vote for him on that issue alone. So I, I would vote for him if I believed that, you know, that he wouldn't do what Biden's doing. I suppose so the, the, like, that's, the push- I think that's part of the reason why I, get, I can get along with people of different <coughs> political beliefs these days is because the issue I care about tends to be on the right, which is being anti-war. How much of that, how much of that, would you be willing to accept if it, you know, because Trump's my did, bottom line. Trump did, you know, do a lot of uh, like reverse decisions that that were helping people and put policies into place that can hurt others. Uh, how much of that would you be willing to accept for for that one particular topic, the anti-war angle? I don't know, but I think it would be a. I would care about that a lot. Yeah, the anti-war thing. Yeah. Because that's because that's what I would see as the common counter argument, right? It's yeah. like yes, you may care about this one topic. I bring, I bring that up not because I want to talk about geopolitics or whatever, but uh-huh. I just bring that up because to me it just it's easy to have a bottom line, like or it makes things easier to have a bottom line to understand like what your bottom line is, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because then I know where I'm coming from, which is like Biden is doing really dangerous shit. So, I don't want that. I want someone who's going to do the opposite of that. That's it. That's all I really care about. You know? Yeah. I kind of like it when, I, I mean, like, generally speaking, I would rather, you know, be with people who are on the left side of things. But I, I like it when people have, like, a few right-wing beliefs because a lot of the political party platforms don't make a lot of sense. It's... It, it's cobbled together because of various interest groups, you know, both on, on the left yeah. and the right. So when you, it doesn't, it's not like it logically flows. If you're too consistent, all it means is you're just, you feel very beholden to your clique. You're just holding on to a set of beliefs. But there are, I think there are some things that just don't make sense if you are thinking for yourself. That makes a that's the, that's the mindset of an Asian American. Well, right, right, and I think Asian Americans are the, uh, are a prime example of that. That's why, that's why I can't trust Asian Americans who like toe say, one like, say party the, line or the, the other. Yeah. Exactly. Line. Yeah, yeah. They're not thinking about you. They're just you. You just accepting like like a sl- like a slate of candidates or you know issues that are given to you, and you're saying, I accept this because I, the thing I fear most, I think care most, is inclusion in the group, and I'm willing to sacrifice my own internal consistency, even other Asian Americans to, to be accepted. There's a, there's a subreddit. I like to just kind of lurk stupid poll, which, um, some people may know it's, it's an interesting place cause it's like ostensibly left wing, but it attracts a lot of just like disaffected right winger types who their main thing is they really hate identity politics, which is hence their name, stupid poll. And they're concerned about a lot of, you know, material issues. Like is this going to help improve my life and all that. Mm-hmm. There was a recent thread that got a lot of comments. It was very popular and it was calling out Boba liberals. And, oh. and I'm, you know, this is not an Asian 
dominated subreddit by any means. It's probably like a handful. But everybody knew what a bubble liberal was because not if even if they didn't personally know one, it's because they're they were of another minority group. Huh. They're like, oh yeah, we got those people too. Interesting. They're, they're like Latinos. They're like, oh yeah, it's Latinx people. Or if they were Muslims, it's like, oh the the you know, ex-Muslim kind of atheist types who always talk down about other Muslims. Uh, you know, black people have their own you know right. whatever they call them, coons yeah. or whatever. And everybody got it. And and I I thought it was really interesting how this idea is now. Uh, permeating other non-Asian groups, and right. everyone everyone gets it. Like, well, yeah, we know these types. The the ones who are very sheltered from their own community, um, probably look down on their own community, and they'll just adopt all sorts of ideas and policies that actually hurt the communities that they purport to speak out for. Yeah, that's cool. So it's I don't know if main, mainstream might be a little far, but it's being used outside of the Asian American yeah. context. And, and what is mainstream these days anyway? Right? Because like. Like if if you have some huge subreddit, not that stupid poll is a huge subreddit, but the, the the mainstream really doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I guess in some ways we're ahead of the curve in that respect, right? Where it's like <clears throat> like our existence here, you basically already had to start trying to um, like reach, and you know, sort of like work with and get along with people that aren't totally aligned with you. Yeah, you know. Yeah. That's like a, that's like the quintessential white collar experience for me. It's just being in like these like really really white, dominated corporate environments. Oh yeah, and it's just very foreign to me, even though I was born here. <laughs> but you have to learn to get along. Yeah. Yep. And it's a struggle. It's not it like the most sure, pleasant man. thing. But absolutely, it's it, t- it takes practice. But like, if you're too good at it, it kind of fucks you up too. <laughs> Well, oh yeah. So you have to sure. balance it. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta figure you out gotta, how much you need to do it, right? While maintaining, like, okay, I'm not exactly buying this shit, right? You still gotta have that sense of like, this is weird Fuck and this fucked shit. up, yeah. yeah. But you're gonna do it because you, yeah, you because know, it's, get worth paid, it. you know? it's worth it. It's worth it, yeah, exactly. From an egocentric point of view, yeah. So I think while everyone's out there trying to fight these stupid culture battles, <clears throat> where one side got, got to win. You know, I think instead of worrying so much about like, you know, this belief that one day we're all going to be one, just worry about yourself and, you know, kind of like narrow down scope of concern. Yeah. If that makes sense. That's kind of the opposite advice that people give. Because like this culture is always like telling people to be very selfless and idealistic and think about everyone, think about the world. But I think the problem is that they're not thinking about themselves enough. You're like very self-destructive. Are you sure? But I mean, isn't that kind of, I mean, that runs very contrary to the common understanding, which is that individualism is the problem. That's why everyone's making short-term decisions mm-hmm. right? or, or optimizing for short-term <clears throat> outcomes. That's what, right? Cetera, but it's this weird form of individualism. It's not, it's not a libertarian individualism where it's like live and let live. It's individualism of like, I need to discover the true me and then I need to project that and influence other people with that. Yeah. My job it's is to like a make mission, converts. A missionary-based yeah. uh, individualism yeah. or something? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's different. Yeah, I mean, we're... Like, social... But, like, social media, in a lot of ways, is just trying to create many little cults of personality. Like, everyone everyone who's, like, really bought into it. Because you got to have more followers. And what are followers? Just sort of, like, if you have a cult, Right. Um, and that's sort of a messed up thing. It's like, you know, just yeah. Just think about that term, follower. They could have used yeah. any other term. Could have, you know, like uh, with the early social media, it was friends. Buddy, they were your friends. Yeah. <laughs> and Pals. with Facebook, it was friends. If you friends someone, it's mutual. So it it was never a one way thing. But now we have, it's just. We just accept it as well, totally normal that we, there's this term follower and you are followed by these people. I mean, hey, John, you were going to say? Yeah, well, to be fair, I think the, the, like the format of Twitter kind of does, you are following somebody. Like they don't necessarily have to approve your follow. Right. right? But I'm saying, like, think about that term follower. Is that ever a used subscriber, in a I good guess. sense? It's not a good thing to be called a follower. And, 
but listener, no. like what you know, like what do you think would better capture uh, audience? You know, audience, yeah. audience, audience member, or as I said, like friends. I don't know. It could listeners. I mean, but yeah. I, I think they deliberately did that because they they were wanting to tap into everyone's increasing need to stand out in some way. Because if you're not, you are now competing not against your classmates or even your town mates you're competing with the world yeah and if you don't want to get lost in that if you want somebody to care whether you live or die you gotta amass some kind of following thus the follower and that's why these people who seem to be living perfectly good lives whether they happen to be a woman whose figure like their measurements aren't what the what they want or some guy who's not quite as tall as he wants to be. In that article, they were talking about some guys who were like six feet and they want to be six three. Like that is so irrelevant at that point. Maybe if you're like aspiring to be a model or something, whatever. But that's such a tiny percentage of people. Average person. You need to. You need another nine inches. <laughs> it's like, you can, it doesn't you matter at that six, point. Three. Why are you fussing over nah, this? I but know. it's because you think you need to. Yeah. You need to be like special. Well, it's probably like uh like you know maybe somebody who's got like a hundred million net worth and being like, Oh, but I still want to be a billionaire. Some, yeah. Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. I think, how about this? I think one of the problems that people have is, um, you only ever see relationships with other people in terms of, um, dominance or submission. Like who's got the upper hand yeah. in, in terms the follower of what? And the in follow terms of, we. Yes. Yeah. In terms of... Uh, who's on top, who's on bottom? In, no, in terms of like in real life, like relationships that are around you Everything. or in terms of like media, every, like the default... On aggregate. The default relationship you have with people will always be with any one given person. I think that's a... I, I feel like that's kind of an, at least an American sort yeah. of understanding that's of relationships. Okay. And I think the thing that they're missing is the obvious which is you should be equal but they they just yeah. don't understand that i think that's what i think from the culture they just yeah, don't get yeah. the idea of a peer yeah you they're know. unwilling to accept the possibility yeah just, that's why they, they can't respect other people they're just always trying to flex on people or the or they're overly deferential right they love like too, people yeah, too, they much. too much yeah. they follow them too intently it's too much because they've accepted their subordinate position yes. so like this is my role to stand you to come to your defense like some celebrity like like they really need need you to attack somebody who criticized them on social media yeah and but, you have these but when the crowd turns on them oh the suddenly the crowd is in the dominant position and it's just like merciless non-stop attacking of like one person for mm-hmm. no reason for fun you know and then most people's reaction to that is like well fuck that celebrity i don't care about that person okay i mean i'm not saying i care about this person but the pylon is ugly you know, yeah, it can be bad. Yeah, of in and of itself. So, yeah, yeah, I think people just don't get the sense of equal relationship. You know, because yeah, like the math doesn't work out because, like, how can you have equal reciprocal relationships with thousands, if not like tens of thousands of people? The only, only social media that I know that kind of kind of uh, cuts against that to a limited degree is Twitter where the follow back accounts they end up having like an even number of like wait what's a follow back account basically if you follow them they'll follow you back oh so they have the same number of followers as who they follow essentially Facebook but there's no it's not permissive meaning like you can just follow someone they don't have to prove you Mm -hmm. and they will just automatically follow you back Mm -hmm. yeah that's the only thing and it's not even that great but that's manual. Hmm? That's I mean maybe not manual necessarily, but well, it is. they have to. I'm just saying it's, it's, a, one, it's an it's individual like a one policy. One example on social media that I know of where it's not, you know, but Twitter's pretty bad because you have like the ultimate flex is to have like 25 million followers and like zero following. Right. Yeah, like Kanye or something, <laughs> or follow one person and not even post and have people follow you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that's why like reddit works to a certain extent because there is no whatever dominance you might have over someone else is so it's almost laughable 
because it's so easy to just create and delete accounts. Right. So, ooh, you're a big shot on Reddit. Like, who cares? <laughs> the only person who I think got legit famous off of Reddit was Deep Fucking Value. Yeah. Off of Wall Street Bets. Before that, it's a, other than that guy, do you know anybody who became any sort of like cultural star because of Reddit? No, it's often it's like you're kind of embarrassed to be there in the first place. So, you might as well just not. I mean, there are a lot of jerks on Reddit, but. If you're a good faith user, you're there because you just want to say something that you genuinely feel and you want others to listen to it. You're not performing for anyone. You're not auditioning for uh, like a Hulu show. You're just there in a place that half the people there are embarrassed to be associated with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, at least just not having social media the past 30 hours has been really good. I mean, in the last bonus pod, Philip and I, we talked about all this panic over like Elon Musk like what if people just both like leftists and rightists just got so repelled off of social media and just it just became like a, a detente like okay let's nobody go on this anymore <laughs> it would be it would be quite the sight it's hard to imagine yeah it's not gonna happen like I'm how being we, way too optimistic like how would even people organize around it you know they're like this is the last tweet I will send Oh, this no, day. really. I swear, this <laughs> yeah. one. I yeah. heard Jamila Jamil quit Twitter, but it's obviously not going to last because she's uh, she's going to be back on soon. But who's that? Just, you don't know who Jamila Jamil is? No, she's a it's like a British, I think Pakistani actress. Oh yeah, the yeah the actress. And she was oh, in she's hot. The good place. Yeah, she's, she's in the good hot. place, but she is one of the most infamously just like identity politics poison type of activist uh-huh. celebrity. And says that some of the dumbest stuff. She's like appointing herself uh, like the queen of bos- body positivity, which is a total when, joke. Like, she's like, she's like in the point oh oh one percent of hotness, of, of all looks, and <laughs> it's, it, that's what I'm talking about. And she, she was the she was the woman with the uh, Filipino boyfriend in a uh, good place. Oh yeah, Manny yeah. Jacinto. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never I never watched the show, but it's a good show. Right. I went to high school with Manny Jacinto. You know? Oh nice. Oh, shit, really? I only found out very recently because a uh, classmate of mine pointed that out. I went to the yearbook and he looks so, he just blended in. So, cause you know, it's like half my class was Filipino. So he kind of looked like a, you know, just like another Filipino guy. And I told my friend, I, I think you're mistaken. He must've just quit school and, and took acting classes or something, but I found him. He was there and he looks exactly the same, but he just, <laughs> you know, he's not like Hollywooded out. And you know, so yeah, so that's, uh, that's my connection to him. More logs on the fire. Yeah, I was going to say that as I sit here listening, looking at the fire, there's something primal to starting a fire and keeping it going. It's very satisfying. You have to imagine like the first people who discovered fire wouldn't know how to recreate it. So they must have kept it going so that whenever they needed it, they could like take a... Yeah, but how would they even know what to do to make it keep going? Well, they, they probably figured out, hey, this like lightning struck this tree and it's fire. Yeah. So maybe Let's just, just keep add adding more, more wood tree to it. To it. And then... I'm sure, you know, somebody... Ooh, suddenly started blazing. <laughs> somebody must have figured out that... Put hey, more tree maybe, on it. Maybe if you, like, rub <laughs> sticks together over kindling, we do that for a while, we can do it on our own, and then um, it got passed That's down. right, because you'd have to come up with some method of getting that spark. There were no matches. Yo, are we going to make those s'mores? We will, oh, after, yeah, we after will. this is done. Yeah. Oh, nice. It's a freewheeling conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've gone all over the place. <laughs> yeah, well, what, what, was all over on the fire. What else uh, is on your guys' mind? Oh no, man. I mean, just, you, you were talking last night about just like oh, well, this is a continuation of the last time the four of us, uh, Adam, we swapped you out for Philip last time. <laughs> but <laughs> we're talking about the need for guidance, especially oh, for yeah. like young Asian American guys. Mm. Yeah, there's a complete lack of it, and maybe we can continue on in that thread. Well, I think. I mean, just to share something that I'm learning is that, you know, I do think people are not selfish enough in a a weird way. I feel like people aren't, you know, taking care of themselves very well and, uh, you know, like making good decisions and that's evident, you know, I mean, all this stuff about individualism, but okay, fine. But they're not really doing good things for themselves. They're all jumping off cliffs, you know, they're all heading over the same cliff edge figuratively huh yeah figuratively you know but what's that cliff edge just (laughs) just just this like fame chasing 
you know okay got it sh- you know shallow culture um and you know youtube it's like youtube's poisoned with this shit too because youtube's social media now oh yeah everyone's promoting a channel and everything's been televisionized you know yeah and so you know there's not a lot of like honest shit on youtube anymore it's like hey click on like make sure to smash that subscribe button that's all you get um so there was this reddit thread in in the subreddit I, i was at and it was all about has anyone had friends who tried to become influencers and just how sad that process was like seeing people you know and and possibly once respected uh just essentially turn themselves into like like a you know spokesperson for whatever type of product they were trying to sell whether it's themselves or whatever and then they they would essentially become like you know the you know if your friends become part of some MLM, they're always trying to sell you something. Well, yeah, I've experienced that. Yeah, it, it's like the same thing where they'll pressure you to like following them or liking them and they get upset at you if you don't constantly retweet or like whatever they post. Sure. And um, just one story was about this person that this poster knew. He decided to become some kind of musician, but he wasn't very good. Anyway, he's like, a, like I think he had no real musical training or talent. He just became some so-called dj where you just rip off other people oh there we go run them through some music program alter a little bit whatever and he just started like basically behaving like a little kid who just wanted attention and he would act like he had all these fans who were clinging to his every appearance and we've met people like this uh, (laughs) on the way yeah i guess yeah i mean on the way on our journey youtubers in in general Mm -hmm. yeah and it's just yeah you know, it's not just it's not just people doing shitty YouTube channels. You know who I think was like this? Did you see Leanna what Dr. Leanna Wen's meltdown on Twitter? Oh, you you uh, Wait, is that the that? Yeah, Oh, yeah. oh yeah, okay. Yeah. She she used to wasn't she, wasn't she used to be like the head Planned of like Parenthood, Planned Parenthood? Yes. for like for yeah. one yeah. second. Yeah. <laughs> she like She got fired. Yeah. She got fired. Uh anyway, yeah, but it's over covid the, stuff, right? Tell yeah. us about the threat, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think she's I forgot. Honestly, I don't. I, I didn't really pay much attention to it though. And she just went on a blocking spree, and she started blocking people like Stephen Thrasher and like pretty, you know, not you know nice accounts, like not shitty people, like other blue checks. Mm-hmm. And apparently, they've been criticizing her because of stuff she's been saying about COVID. Yeah. And Wait, what'd she say? I don't know. I don't really care. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I I looked at. I mean, she's not that interesting, but I just feel like she's someone who is a doctor but at the same time her real job is so is like media influencer like that's not not terribly surprising because i heard that like doctors are very overrepresented on tiktok from what i hear uh i've seen something it's it's interesting they'll they'll give you they'll share some of their medical knowledge for one thing i learned that if you ever get stabbed do not pull out whatever you got stabbed with out of you because that's keeping the blood in you so that's like that's like interesting but i think there are a lot of because you know who else was a doctor? Ken Jeong was a doctor. Uh-huh. Uh, who else? Um, that guy, Eugene Gu. I think there are a lot of doctors who well, are... want to stay a doctor, right? Hmm? you talking about the... Like, Dr. Eugene Gu, the guy that... He's yeah, like the, a, the, the, the resistance. like a liberal activist the, guy. The, the right? resistance. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, that, that thing's over. But I think there are a lot of just... They, they, they've been, like, studying all their lives. And, and as soon as they get a little attention, they just kind of go nuts. And we've we've all seen that horrible Ken Jeong Netflix special where he talks about being a doctor as if it were like he was like in a chain gang breaking rocks. <laughs> He's like, no, you are but, yeah, maybe in a there's... position that like ninety nine point nine percent of the world dreams of being like a successful doctor in America. You're you're acting like. But they just I, want to get out. That's yeah. what that's what they're trying to do. Other things. I saw a video recently that I really liked. And I was surprised I liked it because it was so mundane. Mm-hmm. And it was about this um, 31-year-old dentist. <laughs> it was CNBC Make It. It was like that <laughs> channel. And she went to University of Maryland where I went to. And she, I remember her saying like her parents, her father was like a PhD student at Maryland. So they had like no money at the time. And so their landlord, the both parents were, wor- were working. Oh, so yeah, the yeah, landlord yeah, yeah. That's right. took her to the grocery store. And she was like, yo, he just takes stuff off the shelf without looking at the price. <laughs> you know, and he yeah. just buys it. And she was like, at that moment, I wanted to be a dentist. <laughs> and then she she got the Navy to pay for dental school. And 
that actually landed her a job in San Diego. So she's a dent- dentist in San Diego, making awesome. 157k a year. Not bad. Everything paid for, no student debt. She has. She's 31 years old. She's got a net worth of 750 thousand. Wow. And I thought it was cool because she was just like someone who's open about her net worth and income, which yeah. most people are not. But she yeah. was like to the thousandth, you know, thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, she's keeping track of that. 157,000. She was like, "This is how I got here. It's a real path. It's not a bullshit path." It's not, you know, here's how to scam your friends. This was like, right, no, right. here's how to get the Navy to pay for dental school. Here's here's how to save money by going, you know, in-state or take a, you know, what scholarship. Mm-hmm, Don't mm-hmm. go to your, you know, you find a good deal for college. Yeah. And I was like, that is so mundane. But she is in such a happier place than the vast majority of people. Right. She's 31. And she's a dentist. And she's dentists three, don't she's, always. She's three-fourths of the way to <laughs> yeah. being a millionaire. Right. Yeah. And she had like simple dreams. She said she went to like a nicer high school where a lot of the kids for her 16th birthday got a car. Uh-huh. And yeah. she was like, one of these days, I'm I'm going to have my own car. <laughs> that was her dream. Yeah. And she bought a Honda CRV. Nice. <laughs> but that's like the so, that's like the mindset. That, uh, I love that. We're going to talk about like, Asia, let's talk about Asian Americans. That's like, especially the kind of like blue check types, they'll look down on that being yeah. like, Too mundane. no, I, I'm, I'm better than you because I I'm a journalist or a writer or an aspiring actor or something like that. And they treat that with such disdain mm-hmm. that it's... And, and I think they are aping what the rest of America is doing, especially the elite white people. Well, it's not and, even the rest of America. I just think it's the elite of of America. Yeah, it's a very aspirational mindset. Because I think their conceit is that I'm not being aspirational. That my parents were the, like <laughs> the, the climbers because they wanted Alexis and wanted me to go to an Ivy League school. But they're doing their own version of it and i think it's even worse because at least there's an honesty to striving for material comfort especially if you did not come from it i think it's much less admirable to just be striving for peer approval and you know social media popularity what the fuck is that i think one of the biases that privileged people have which we always have i think like relative to our position so if we look down whatever position we're at when we look down down like with air quotes uh we feel like a mix a kind of pity for people like oh you got to climb up to where i am that's going to be rough but i think what we miss is that that climb up is like good is that's good exercise that's good living like that Uh struggle is actually good living so I think people could look down on someone who's like, oh, yeah, I'm a dentist. I make 157K. And they're just like, ah, oh, it's so boring. You know, follow yeah. your dreams. And you kind but, of feel... But her but, dream was to be a dentist. No, no. But what I'm saying is like, there, you could easily interpret that to be like, oh, this is what happens when you grow up in a lower middle class family or whatever her situation was. Right, and, right. you know, I pity, I, I like her. I respect her. But it's a kind of pity. Whereas I'm like, no, actually, she's had a fucking great life. You know, she's like... She did it all herself. She's probably, she looks at everything that she made. She's like, oh, I, this is her doing. Right. She's not fucking over anyone. She's like, you know. She's a dentist. She's, she's helping, helping people. people. Yeah. She's helping like, you know, people in the Navy with their teeth. Yeah. I feel good about that. So, I don't know. There's not enough glorification of the mundane like that, you know. Everyone's glorifying just like, just really, it's just all get rich quick shit, man. Yeah. What the fuck? I mean, it's the- just fucking you know what it is it's boring not even get rich quick it's like and not even get famous quick it's like get ephemerally popular for a millisecond quick it's not even your 15 minutes of fame it's like your five seconds seconds of fame and i I think a lot of these these times it's 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 just so desperate it doesn't even matter if it's for something good like if i get um like you know if, if i become like a meme that's good at least, at least people know me, and it is. I think. Uh, I think it's a sign of desperation that if I, if others, strangers, don't know who I am, then I might as well not exist because this world is getting too big for me. It's getting scary, and if not, I will just get sucked up in this black hole and and just be lost to not just history, but like right now, and. Maybe my own like parents will forget about me. It's very um. That's just people who t- just don't have any fucking thing to do. Mm-hmm. They don't have anything to do, so they just get blow all their time doing that shit. They're not busy with something that's yeah. worthwhile. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're busy with something that's worthwhile, life becomes very simple. It's just like okay, my next step is this. My next step is that. Yeah. 
You don't have to worry about this shit, you mm-hmm. know? But everyone's not willing to... Uh, not. I'm overstating this, but I think, like, the direction that the culture is going in is, like, people are not, you know, taking their own steps. They're watching everyone else, seeing where they're going, uh-huh. and, and you know, suit. adjusting themselves to follow them. Yeah. Out of a sense of belonging or relevance or whatever. Or just, like, and if you're not relevant else is doing And you don't it. belong to this group. You're just following along. You're just a follower. Yeah. yeah. I mean, before we were talking about, like, short-term thinking, I think there is... Uh, like a deep fear mixed with a lack of respect for any kind of thing that takes long-term practice and skill that it's like, okay, maybe if I work hard at it, I'll I'll get good at it. But by that time I'll be, I don't know. Let's say you're a teen. Like, Oh my God, I'll be 30 by then. It's like, I need it now. I need to, I need to, I need to explode right now. Well, yeah. I mean, we, we, we love the idea of talent, right? Just having sort of this innate skill that you never had to work for. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like we don't value I'll, sort of working. I'll, I'll for say this skill. about I'll say this about us. You know, like one of our uh, one of the guys who founded Planet with us, Q. He's uh, he's a dentist. He's in dental school now. Yeah, and well, when he's he t- almost done, right? No, I no, he, still think he's in the middle of it. I think. Really? Um, but I remember when he told us, we, everyone was like, "Yo, that's awesome! Yeah, like, that's great. that's fucking great. great, man." We started telling stuff like, "Oh, if there was like a spaceship." Like that had to escape like a right. dying earth. You'd have to have a dentist on there, right? <laughs> or even in a zombie apocalypse, a dentist would be a good <laughs> yeah, person like, to have. Yeah, because sure. I thought like you'd be able to take care of your oral health. You know, whether dent- dentistry is a quote cool or glamorous uh, field, it's not the point. You know, yeah. uh, and I think he was saying that too, like because he's pretty radical, radical politics kind of guy. He is, but he, you know, he was talking about how having a line of work that you know was useful or helpful. You know, was his goal. Right. Yeah. That just sounded right. I was like, yeah, that sounds Absolutely, like the right yeah. thing to think. Remember you know, that scene so. in Castaway when Tom Hanks has to use a figure skate to give himself a tooth extraction? Oof. Oh, yeah. that, I don't that's remember the world that particular scene. He has like a cavity. Sure. And he can like no longer eat anything. So he has to take it, it out. out. But it's like in the back of his mouth. Oh. So, so he has this skate, one of which he's using as an axe. Puts it in his mouth, takes a rock. And yes, oh, it's, it's a brutal scene, but that's the world without dentists. Yeah. That's yep. so we'd have to resort to using like the rock that Jong was using to so put all the stakes in down. The pants, oh, yeah. We'd have to give ourselves a, a, uh, a tooth extraction. I'd end up slicing my my cheek open. <laughs> yeah, I think also maybe some of the urgency that we're seeing is um, how we overvalue youth. You know, we have yes. those thirty under thirty lists and this and that. Yeah. T- and like, talent and youth. Did you, did you see just, how Madonna looks things. these yeah. days? It's very sad. Like it's not enough to it's not enough to achieve whatever you want to achieve when you're forty. Yeah, the you reason, do the it reason in this 30. country that they're favored is because the eighteen to thirty five demographic is the easiest demographic to market to. Yeah, yeah. that's to it. To Literally, the most get the most impressionable, yeah. you know, financially stupid people. Right, <laughs> is eighteen to thirty five, and then they get wise. And then once you get wise, they're like, okay, fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we'll yeah. throw you a wealth management uh, commercial once in a while. You know, <laughs> whatever. We'll throw a mortgage ad at you. Yeah, I mean, there's so many books I've read, like novels, and I think I'm like, if this person just took a little bit more time, maybe wrote, finished it about five years later, it might have been somewhat decent. But it's pretty clear they rushed it out because whatever uh, publishing house like we need, we need like a you know young hot. I mean, not like physically hot, but you know, just like buzzy Popular. writer. This person fits the the demographic profile we need, and this story is very with the times. Whatever happened, usually kind of like social justice in the past couple of years, and comes out it's like it's just it, it feels like something out of a undergrad uh, writing workshop, and it's it's just terrible. Yeah, it's a sad state, man. I don't know. I'm glad I didn't grow up in this era. Yeah, without social media at all. Yeah, yeah like we had real friends. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't even have, you know, cell phones weren't something you could really get until like high school. Yeah. Actually, John, like, well, was it you uh, who asked last night, like, yeah, the digital versus analog thing? Yeah. Was it you who asked it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Because I'm thinking, because you said you Wait, were... Re- 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 asked that question. I, I, asked, uh, I asked whether or not, you know, because we all grew up having lived in a in a in an analog world mm-hmm. and then saw the digital what do you mean world by come. that like tech like the like uh like basically pre pre and post internet 
Yeah, pretty post. You know, oh, pretty post internet. Okay. Yeah, like what? Like once AOL, you know. I thought you meant like computers. No. Okay. No. Internet. Um, Got it. You know, uh, like we didn't have pagers to keep track of us, or like cell phones, right? Like you had to use a home phone to call somebody. That kind of, that kind of thing. Um, you know, to be fair, maybe it's specific to my experience of like where that delineation is, but I think pre modem, pre computer, pre modem, to to having access to the internet, the World Wide Web. And the question was just, what do you think was more formative to your sense of self or your sense of identity or who you are? The analog set of experiences or digital set of experiences, right? Huh? You're saying like yeah, pre-internet. Sure, sure, let's go pre-internet yeah. versus post-internet. But, but you said digital because of various things, but I think you and I are the same age. I don't think whatever we, and, and obviously the digital has been very influential for me as well but it was all built on a framework of you know the vast majority if not the entirety of our formative years let's say you know adolescence to like early 20s was pretty much in the analog world like we had early facebook Uh but that was very bare bones to what we have now Mm. and whatever importance that the digital world has had on us and i I agree it's been very important especially like planet planet wouldn't have happened as you said without social media but that was all there's already an existing blueprint for Foundation, uh, yeah. for the way we think so I would say we are not a social media driven thing no just digital like we no. connected yeah. but like our accounts we don't really mind our social media accounts we don't no. at all we neglect our really, social yeah. media accounts <laughs> yeah, we totally we like, do we get like 12 <laughs> likes for <laughs> posting an episode I don't give a shit who cares <laughs> our download numbers are way higher than exactly that. so yeah we're definitely not social media driven. I think we're no actually way. kind of sort of anti-social media. I mean, yeah, at the pl- I'm kind not, of because I'm on Twitter all the fucking well, time. But. Personally, <laughs> no, but you're right. Our Instagram account is the, not active at, at all. At least our Twitter account Twitter's not shitty, active. But, Twitter's shitty, but it's a little bit more real to me. A little bit more real than Instagram and because it's not TikTok. so curated. It's more just like send it. Yeah, it's just tweeting thoughts that you have. Yeah, you know, it's not really like trying to make yourself look great. Yeah. So, I I say. The reason I say digital or like post-internet is that yes, a lot of, you know, they, we live in the analog world. No, no, no shit. But in no, terms no, no, of, I'm saying we grew up in the analog world, and our oh. most formative years from like our teens to early twenties was deeply rooted there. So no matter what happens afterwards, we can't go back and change that. I don't know. Okay, well, one, I I had pretty early access to the internet, and so maybe that's that's a part of it. Too. Wait, how early are we talking about? Like. I, like so I started having school? it about fourth, fifth grade. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. But so it was like, have it college. Yeah. But yeah. but remember, like when we first had it, I don't know about you, but we our server was like limited to like thirty hours a month. If uh-huh. you went over that, you had to pay extra. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Obviously, tied up your phone line, so you, yeah. even, even if you could be on all day, you can't do that. Yeah. And then um, it really wasn't until very late high school I had any kind of social media. It wasn't even Facebook. It was okay. like some crappy uh, local social media. And then go to college is Facebook, but again, it's very limited. It's basically just your school. It wasn't this global thing. Oh no, I would say in that respect, I was like way more online. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I was like joining IRC chats and finding F serves and downloading shit and pirating games for real. Yeah. I mean, I was on yeah. forums too and downloading stuff. And um, I mean, I just went. I just went very, very deep in it. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, you know, I was like, I was like a latchkey kid in digital form. Mm-hmm. So instead of cable guy, you were internet guy. Yeah. Like a, a lot of like how to navigate life. I like Googled, you know, or I talked to people online that I knew like, how do you tie a tie? What do you even look for? But you've not, you're not like uh, a guy who has like fallen into the internet. It's, you use it as a like sort of like an aid or tool it's like it's like a giant encyclopedia that comes to me yeah and you can meet people on it which i think that's what a lot of people thought it would be just like an encyclopedia that you can always go to and it's always updating right Right. yeah yeah i think that's a difference like like if you i I think yeah i would say i'm a pretty online tuned person but a lot of things i seek online is 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 a means to an end of what i've idealized by growing up in an analog world whereas i think for a lot of younger people who've known nothing but the digital life, that is in and of itself the end. For, like, mm-hmm. for instance, um, if you're like in school, your online friends are your friends. Sure. Whereas 
for me, it's either these are the people I wanted to be friends with whom I knew in real life. Yeah. But for whatever reason, didn't get to know them. Yeah. Or eventually, I want to meet these people and have the kind of friendships that I am used to for most yeah. of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I got exposed to a lot of. I, I think for me, maybe the experience is a little bit different. Where I got exposed to a lot of things that my my friends, you know, or people I knew around me, my immediate surroundings, did not know about or would you know didn't bring up, and I would instead instead take those things to them, right? And so the the internet was just like this giant discovery zone of of what whatever. I mean, especially in the '90s, like. The internet was fucking wild. Like, mm-hmm. you just found all sorts of shit out there, um, and you would just, uh, yeah, I don't know. And so I, I get what you're saying, and I, I think definitely there are parts of me where the analog plays a larger role, right? Like, like the amount of sports I've played, you know, and all those experiences and lessons, blah blah blah. Um, but it's really hard for me to to not say that being online and you know the digital world has has had a really significant impact on like the things i know and the thing like how i've thought about things concepts that i've run across and I know, I, trying I to apply it to my life as well under what 60 can say they haven't been influenced yeah it's, it's not but haven't but like but i mean that's why i was making a binary choice like mm-hmm. wh- if you had to pick one of the two which of the two would it be mm-hmm. the, the answer may change you know for younger yeah. people problem is that you're just fundamentally not digital as sure your reality is not digital of course of course you know so it's kind of like are you real or virtual i mean no yeah i mean of course i'm not virtual i'm real not you i mean people. i mean just like the pe- question just, just the question yeah, is i mean human that i interpret it is are you guys feel more real or virtual i think i feel more real you know Oh, sure, sure. Okay, I see what you're saying. Meaning the like you said, the the, the internet is not how everything where everything ends, right? Yeah. It's just a it's just a medium. It's just like a tool. Um but people who get lost in it, that's the people who start putting screws in their bones and shit. That's fucked up. So, that that heightening thing. So, I don't know. See, at the end of the day, man, it's very simple. You just sit and eat a Bowl of Buddha jiggy with some friends. <laughs> Honestly, it's like it's that simple, man. You know how like, you know, okay. Val, just on one hand, like eating a eating dinner outside with you guys is like it's nice, right? Yeah. But how much is it really worth? It's like a nice memory. Uh-huh. But but weigh that in against like all the social media hours you've had for the past several months. Okay. And which would you take? Sure. I would take the Buddha jiggy. Yeah, yeah I would of too. course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would that's, that, that's like we ate for like 45 minutes. I would take that over hours on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess maybe yeah. we're evaluating that that question differently. Yeah, right. There's also plenty of there's also plenty of uh, like real life hours where I didn't really get much out of it, and I would you know maybe value some digital experience more, but. I'm I'm just saying that um, I don't know. Like, it, even if like people, if, even if we're trying to v- vlog this, <laughs> I know uh-huh. we're kind of halfing because we're pod, but like, like imagine if like we had a, had a whole fucking like semi-professional camera crew, crew or whatever there. to like light the, you know, and then put it on YouTube for likes or whatever, just ruins the whole experience. No, like we were talking oh, yeah. about the double slit experiment earlier. It's <laughs> like once you're observed, <laughs> we behave differently. Yeah, it's the same oh, thing. Absolutely, same yeah. thing. Yeah. It would ruin it. It would be. Um, I mean, even us trying to like take pictures, like for that, sp- you know, few seconds, it's unnatural. Y- you are diverting the the natural course of this event. Yeah, yeah. And, I'll, and I'll take some of that. I, yeah, to some extent, I I don't mind documenting it. Yeah, yeah, I of want course. To, but yeah, we just, want you don't want to ruin the whole thing. But if it's like basically a, a surveillance project, yeah. Oh man, you know. Yeah, I don't want to be like overly uh, backlash this and just be like, yeah, no, I think it's cool to take pictures of your. Everyone used to do that. Yeah. So, you know. Of course. But to turn it into to do things specifically for, for that purpose. That purpose yeah. that is, uh, can't be good. Yeah. You make I've different heard decisions stories. about what you're doing, you know, and yeah. yeah, I've heard stories of you know, like those YouTube couples who are like professional couples. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, they're they're just 
their lifestylers and stuff and they would people would say yeah you go on vacation yeah every second is like plotting out the best angles the best lighting and it's you don't actually get to enjoy the vacation um it's like when you're really let's say you're like a famous politician or pop star or something you go to uh all these great cities to do all these appearances and everything but you never actually get time to enjoy yourself yeah it's kind of like that but you're not even rich and famous really. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just sad at least if you're beyonce and you're in europe you, you're you're at least beyonce in europe <laughs> but if you're uh john and cindy or whatever on youtube and you got you got like a decent following you can make a you know, year to year, for a while, you can do it, and you can't even enjoy all these nice vacations. Like, what the hell are you doing it for? Yeah. All right. Um, okay, it's so been a bit over an hour. I think we can start winding it up. I I am getting a craving for s'mores. That fire Ooh, looks very crackling, and I could I could use some. That's the best one when when there's something <laughs> that you kind of forgot about. Yeah. Like s'mores, <laughs> well, and someone's yeah. like, "Yo, you guys want those s'mores <laughs> that we got?" And I'm like, "Oh shit, we prepared. <laughs> Ready." All right. Uh, any closing thoughts you guys want to get off of? Uh, would I have thrown up if there was a camera there? <laughs> <laughs> should, yes, I would have, because I really needed the yak. That sound would have gone viral. Maybe you just like ran and away. I would have fulfilled my life. <laughs> yeah, it's been nice, man. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening, listeners. And we'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. Someone turn the light so I can turn this off. Really.